Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, of recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Congregation, you may be seated. So what's your custom? As you think about your day in, day in and day out, are there things that you find yourself doing every single day? You kind of have your own routine when you wake up in the morning that you start going about that you might not even realize that you have formed a little habit on. Any raise of hands there? Okay, how many people are like the same creatures of habit? You do things in the same exact order every morning. Okay, how many of you are just glad to get out of the bed and get to, or get out of bed in the morning, get to work, get the school, kids to school? Okay, I think I fall in that boat. Now, I remember though, my grandma was one of the people, one of her customs was every morning when she woke up, she would have dinner, or she would have her breakfast in the little corner of her kitchen, and she would stand. She would never sit down and eat breakfast. She'd always stand where the two countertops came together, and she'd just lean and eat her cereal or um, whatever she was having that morning, and she'd look out the kitchen window. And then the other thing that she would do is there was this little thermometer temperature gauge next to the window, and she would always write down the temperature for that day and record it on this calendar that hung in the inside cabinet right next to her. Now, I'm not sure if she would want to be writing down temperatures like today, but that was one of her customs that she did day in and day out for so many years. Some of us might have those little customs as we kind of gather our thoughts and prepare for our day. Some of us might have yearly customs that we look forward to. Maybe the things that we love to make or bake when it comes to the holidays. Maybe there are certain things that we track in our lives or like to record. Maybe it's the things that we wear when we're preparing for a game or maybe a wrestling match or something that we always have to have, the socks or the shirt or something that maybe will bring us good luck. Anything like that? Any customs that you have that you want to share with one another? Becky? Christmas is always, I'm Norwegian, so Ludafisk. Ah, so Ludafisk dinner on Christmas Eve. 
Good Norwegian. <laughs> I would take a bite of that every year just to say I had had my share of lutefisk, and then that was it. <laughs> it is a, it's a Norwegian fish if you've not ever had it. <laughs> Maybe a bucket list sometime to try that. <laughs> Any other customs, Ruthann? Oh, so you always wear the same cross when you're traveling. Good to know wherever you go, Christ goes with you, right? Any other customs? Okay, I didn't actually know this one, but Pastor John records where the sun is in the sky on the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Doesn't that just sound like a John kind of thing to do? My little quirky custom is that whenever we are gone... We always go to worship wherever we are. And I enjoy it. And sometimes customs become so a part of you and your lifestyle, your life, that you don't even realize it, right? And so this gets us to today's gospel story where Jesus has just been baptized. He's just been publicly announced as who he is. And now he's going to begin his work, his public ministry. And so he returns home to the place that he grew up. He returns home to the very people who have seen him, who have watched him grow throughout the years, who know him best, right? He returns home to his own synagogue, and he has this great honor of getting up to being able to read the scriptures for them. And so the scroll, this large scroll, would have been handed to him, and he unrolls it, and it wasn't thankfully backwards, but it's written in Hebrew, and he goes right to the place in Isaiah, like chapter 61 and a little 58, where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor of how he has been anointed, of how he is going to be the one to bring release to the captives, sight to the blind, recovery, freedom for the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These amazing, powerful, and incredible words. Now, I should just stop for a second to say, the gospel gets split. Our passage gets split. So next week, you're going to hear the second half of this same story. So keep everything that you're hearing right now in mind for next week. Pastor John's going to talk about that next week, which is a hard passage to hear what happens after this. Because even though Jesus is in his hometown where everyone knows him best, he also gets rejected by some of the very people who have watched him grow up all of these years. But that's part of the problem because they only see him as the son of Joseph. They can't see that he is the son of God. They can't see who he really is. They can't see what his mission really will become. They only want to see how he can benefit them. So you'll hear about all of that next week. But for right now, we get to hear about what happens this day when Jesus does what he always did. When Jesus does what was his custom, which is the same as your custom, to come to worship, to have this be a part of your regular life. 
And so Jesus, this day, he reads all of these words from the scriptures. And then he goes and he sits down. And his sermon is one that you wished we would preach every week. It's one sentence. Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Done. Amen. But of course, there's so much more than that, that he says. When you hear the word today, what does it think in your, what do you think of in your mind? First of all, anytime you hear any kind of reference to time in the scriptures, pay attention to it because there's some significant reason why they use the ink to let us know time. There's a couple of other places where today is mentioned in Luke's gospel. One is when Jesus meets Zacchaeus, who has climbed up the tree to see him coming. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down, because today I am coming to your house and having dinner with you. And today, salvation has come to your house. Even though Zacchaeus was a tax collector, he wasn't thought highly of, he was a nobody, Jesus sees him and says, today, salvation has come. The other place you probably know is when Jesus is on the cross, right? And he's got two criminals next to him. And the one says, you know, I'm the one that should be here, not you. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus is trying to like also tell us that with him coming, Salvation comes. And it's not this distant future kind of thing, but when Jesus comes into our lives, things change. Not in the future, but they change for us now. The other thing that he says is that it has been fulfilled in our hearing. And so I think that even as much as these words are about Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, they're also words that are meant for us to hear as well. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to bring good news to one another, to bring good news to those who are poor, both those who are struggling physically and financially, to those who are poor in their spirit who sometimes don't quite see their value or their worth to those who are poor because they're not welcome at the table, because they've been not included, because they've been rejected in so many other ways and places in their lives. And so as much as this is who Jesus is, this one who has been anointed by God, this holy one who has come to save what is his mission. These are also words that are spoken to us this day. The spirit of the Lord is upon you to bring good news. But here's the thing. Sometimes sometimes it doesn't always seem as if The Spirit of the Lord is really upon us, right? Like in the first lesson, these people have just come back from exile, over 50 years where they were pushed out of their homeland, living in this foreign land with foreign cultures, with foreign foods, with foreign gods. 
And some of the people who returned to Jerusalem never even set foot there. It was this distant story that was described to them by their ancestors. And so then they hear the scriptures for the first time, and they're filled with how little they are. They're filled with how they don't quite measure up to God's hopes for us. And yet Ezra and Nehemiah say, don't cry. There is promise in these words. There is hope. There is good news. Because you are God's beloved and chosen and holy people. And this is now how you are to live. And so they hear that message for them. In the second lesson, we hear about how it's not just on us. We're a part of this body so much bigger. And so if there's one thing that you're not so good at, chances are someone else is going to be able to do that. But chances are that they're not going to be able to add the same gift that you can too. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and me and all of us. And when we work together, that's when transformation happens. And it happens not only in ourselves, in our lives, but it happens for the people who receive it. And so here's the thing. When you hear these words, you have to trust that they are spoken to you. You have to believe that. And you have to remember them. Remember them, especially in the times when it doesn't feel as if they are true. When it doesn't feel as if the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You have to remember them. Because that's when they have the greatest power to not only transform you, but to be able to transform this world. It's who you are, people. It is what your mission is, what you have been called to. And you do it in so many ways. Every time you notice, every time you stop and listen to one another, every time you share good news with the people around you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Go and live it and remember it. Amen.